Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. How many of you, uh, you know, uh, you've reached a certain age where thinking about the future scares you more than it excites you? Uh, no, anyone? No? Especially those that are turning older? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, someone I know just uh, recently told me to say that, you know, I, I don't look forward to my birthdays anymore because they don't want to be reminded that they are, you know, turning, uh, uh, you know, uh, less younger uh, in, in Jesus. And, uh, you know, it's scary. It's scary. How many of you have been there before where where just thinking about the future, thinking about 2022, thinking about a new year, thinking about December, uh, 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 scares you enough to paralyze you. How many of you been there before where you're thinking of something so much that, that it, it's, it saps you of all strength uh, to do the things you need to do today? Uh, and then as a result, you end up going like, oh man, I just don't want to get out of my bed and so you, you, you go like, I just want to sleep my problems away, only to oversleep and realize that you can't sleep your problems away. And then you wake up late and then you're dashing out the door or, or, or joining online work a bit later. And then somebody asks you, oh, you're, you're in a bit later today. Is everything okay? And then because we don't want to tell them that we're actually afraid of the future because we suddenly had an existential crisis uh, and we end up sleeping more, uh, we decide to say something like, oh, sorry, um, you know, if you're walking from home, you say, oh, sorry, something with my internet. You know, the internet wasn't working. I, you know, I, could, I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, or, you know, you just blame it on the tube strike uh, if you are going in and go, oh, and all these people, can you believe them? Uh, and, and then you, you then suddenly, uh, uh, by the middle of the day, you get even more uh, guilty because you go like, oh, no, and I, not only are you afraid of the future and you, you feel uh, so kind of like, you know, a cloudy in your head because you overslept this morning and then you, 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 you told a lie so you're suddenly filled with shame and, 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 and just everything and then you, you, and then you get, you know, uh, uh, just you know, paranoid and, and get frightened and get paralyzed even more. Uh, I want you to know that this kind of fear uh, is common to all of us. In fact, it is so common that it's not just um, a modern day problem. This is not a first world problem. This is a, this is a human problem. Uh, and the good news is this, that Jesus has actually given us some pointers on how uh, to face the problems of tomorrow. Uh, uh, and so if you have your Bibles with me, would you uh, allow me to turn us to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. And I'm going to warn you that we're going to do a little bit more uh, extra reading today, if that's okay. So Matthew 6, uh, 25 to 34. We're going to read some scripture today. Uh, and I hope this blesses you. Amen? Uh, if you're there, can I hear a good Amen. Amen. Of course, we have uh, XTV flashing up on the screen for us. But before that, let us pray. Lord, we're about to read your word. And Lord, we want your word to come alive in our hearts today. Give us understanding of your word today. God, we pray that as we read every letter, every word, everything will, will come alive. It will jump out of the pages that we're reading it from and it will enter into our hearts. And Lord, we pray, we declare, Lord, today we're not seeking for more information 
transformation, but we desire transformation. Lord, we commit ourselves to the reading of your word. And Lord, today we want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's read some scripture today. Today. Okay, what did I say that? Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. This is God's word for you today. Somebody here needs to hear this. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. These are the words of Jesus. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Wow. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Anyone who thinks that they're too short, don't worry, okay? Because this worry will not help it either. So, so go shopping now. I'm just joking. So why do you worry about clothing? Okay, so don't go shopping. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the, the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. Therefore, do not worry. So this is the second time Jesus is, is trying to tell us, don't worry. So again, I say to some people here, don't worry. Amen? Say, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after these things, the Gentiles seek. Gentiles this is an ancient word for people who don't know God. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Thank God we have a Father who knows our needs. Amen? But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Amen? Go read it one more time. Don't, don't worry, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus ends this by saying that don't worry about tomorrow. Because, you know, you don't know truly what tomorrow will be like. In, in all honesty, tomorrow could be good. Tomorrow for some of us could be bad. Tomorrow for some of us could start good and then turns bad the moment you meet your boss. Or tomorrow could start bad and then turns good the moment you meet your boss. You know what I'm saying? So tomorrow is this thing that we have no control over, that we cannot see. And Jesus is saying that stop being frightened. Stop being paralyzed by what you can't see. Because there is enough issues. For today, it says that in verse 34, today has its own uh, trouble, has, has sufficient for the day, is its own trouble. And Jesus is being so practical here. He's saying that there are things, there are responsibilities for you today. There, there's trouble for you today. I love that Jesus is so practical. He's not asking us to, to, to just, you know, ignore all trouble. He's saying that, no, ignore the troubles of the future, which you don't know how and what shape they'll come in. Uh, but today, the problems of today, you can see. And the problems of today, I have graced you with the ability to overcome them. 
And so what we end up doing sometimes is that we are so afraid of tomorrow that we lose all strength to fight today's battles. And God is saying that stop worrying about tomorrow, conserve your strength to fight today's battles because there are things you need to work on. So our God is practical, amen? He, give, he tells us the, that, that there are things that we need to be responsible over. But on top of that, He reassures us, you know, that, hey, not only uh, are that battles that you need to fight today, but God's on your side. And God's on your side. You don't have to worry about your eating, your drinking. You don't have to worry about your provision. You know, you might be thinking, some of you in, in modern day, we look at this, you go like, I don't worry about my eating or drinking. I can just order an app on Deliveroo. In fact, you know, my problem is I, I don't, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with choices. I don't know what to eat. I keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. But back then in ancient days, you know, it wasn't just like going to your local supermarket to buy a ready meal or, or, or opening an app to order food. People actually had to go out to hunt. People had to go out to fish. You know, bread doesn't, doesn't exist on the shelf. It's not pre-made and pre-packed. No, they got to go and they got to make the dough and they got to proof it and then they got to bake it and to bake it, they need to go find, it doesn't, it's not just a press of a button, they need to go find like wood so that they can start a fire. So it, it's a lot of work and that's just food. And so people back then were saying that I've got, I've got bills to pay, I, I'm in debt, and on top of that, I've got to figure out how to feed my family today. And God is saying that, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't add on to today's worry with tomorrow's hypothetical worries. Amen? Some of us here, uh, we, you know, we, we, God has already blessed us. Maybe some of us, uh, you've already received good news that, that next year, uh, you're going to have a, a promotion. Next year, you're going to have a new job. Uh, but instead of rejoicing, you're starting to worry now. Oh no, will I be able to do on this new job? Will I be able to rise to the occasion of this promotion? Some of us here, we uh, have already maybe for the students, you know, gotten that internship that you wanted uh, for spring or for summer. And already you're thinking, oh, but is that enough? You know, maybe I need to already start applying for autumn internship. And be like, come on, chill, man. Just get <laughs> to your first internship first. And, and, and God is saying that stop dreaming and letting the hypothetical uh, uh, fears uh, and the, even the blessings of tomorrow paralyze you today. But focus on today and, and not only focus on today, be reassured that God is with us today. And then He reassures us by saying that you, my dear children, you are much more precious than birds. Turn to your neighbor and says, you're much more precious than a bird. <laughs> And this is true, right? Have you, especially in this country, seen a hungry bird? No, we've seen enough pigeons to, to last a lifetime. And we're probably thinking, where do all these pigeons come from? You know, where I come from, the pigeons are all look mutated and losing feathers. And, and, but the, the pigeons here are fat. And in fact, sometimes you go to the parks here, we look at the birds, the swans, the ducks, uh, and we are tempted to feed them. But we see a sign, do not feed. In other words, they're saying, the birds are fat enough. <laughs> the birds have people feeding them. Please don't add on to their calories. They've got enough food, right? And, and don't even get me started on the squirrels. But anyway, that's, that's, and that's just the birds, and so God is saying that you are much more precious than birds and, and that resonates with us until today. So, so maybe tomorrow as you start your day when you see a pigeon, 
Don't lie. Thank you, Jesus. I'm much more precious than that fat pigeon that almost, you know, flew into my face. I uh, know because if you can make it so fat and, uh, you know, heavy, uh, I am more, more of worth than that. Amen. And then on top of that, you no know, God reminds us to look at the grass of the fields. I know some of you are thinking like, what about the grass of the fields? You know, what has that got to do with me? Friends, let me ask you here. Does anyone here uh, have a favorite color that they like to wear? Do you? How many of you like the color blue? Blue, right? How many of you like the color red? You like to wear red. How many of you like the color yellow? Yellow, yellow, amen. Praise God. Do you know that um, there, are, there are certain colors in the world that we live in today uh, that are artificial, and so a lot of our clothes today, we were so blessed to be wearing blue color clothes and, and, and gray color clothes and yellow. Most of these clothes do not come, the colors do not come from natural sources. They are dyed. They are colored. And that's why when you watch those old films of ancient times, people usually dress quite monochromatic. They usually dress quite beige. And, and if they wear fur, they look like fur, right? As in like, you know, the color of the fur. And what Jesus, I believe here, was trying to remind them was like, look at the colors. Look at the colors that your heavenly father dresses the grass with. This was, this was, now we look at, oh, I have a green shirt. But back then, nobody had a green shirt. Not even Solomon had a green shirt because that technology wasn't in existence yet. And Jesus is reminding us, look at the green and your father chooses to dress nature in green that cannot be duplicated in any means and is here today, gone tomorrow. You are much more precious than that. Look at the lilies and look at, look at the colours, look at the roses. And, and so, you know, I pray that, you know, not only will this give us encouragement to face uh, uh, the, 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 the future and also to tackle the problems of today and stop our worrying. When we look out and see the greens, you'll be reminded, wow, God, you know, I am much more precious than all that. Amen. But if these two encouragements are still not enough, Jesus gives us extra. How many of you here, you know, uh, you, you, it's just in your nature, uh, uh, you are just extra precautionary, right? How many of you, 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 you know, for example, um, traveling, right? I know some, you know, as if maybe some people can travel, some people can't travel. Uh, maybe that itself is something, right? Some of you are thinking now that, oh, wow, no, I can finally see my family. And then recently you hear news. I'm not sure whether I can see my family. And some of you are now worried about whether your Christmas tickets can still be used. Uh, whether you can still go back and visit family next year. Friends, I want to tell you, do not worry. Do not worry about your air ticket. Do not worry about your Christmas holiday. Do not worry because you are much more precious than the birds of the air and the fields. Amen? But let's come back. But some of us here, uh, uh, you, you know, like uh, my, my, my wife is one of them who is uh, extra careful. And, 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 I, and you know, God bless her because maybe I'm more, I'm, I'm extra reckless. So, so God partner me with someone that's extra careful. So praise God. Uh, and, uh, you know, nowadays so many things can be done. You know, your ticket is an email right? Just scan this and go. And before traveling, my wife will always, no, no, we got to print out everything. And I'm like, no, we can just download it to the phone. No, no, we got to print out everything. 
Okay? And then so on that day, she has it on her phone. She has a file that she carries that has all the printout of the emails uh, and the tickets and everything. The itinerary is there. She's extra careful. Maybe some of you here, you're looking at this scripture and go like, all right, God, you tell me not to worry uh, and know that I'm much more precious than the birds. I know, thank you for reminding me that I'm, I'm much more of value than the, 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 the grass in the fields. But God, you know my nature and I need some extra encouragement. I need some extra reminders. I need some extra reassurance. How many know that God is so good? He knows what we're at and He gives us the extra. Amen? And so, how do we know what is the extra here? Well, here's a little Bible reading tip. Every time you look at, it sounds cheesy, but just remember this. Every time you see the word therefore, and today we read therefore in verse 31, we saw therefore in verse 25, we even see therefore in verse 34, but let's flash out verse 25, therefore, right? Um, therefore, that's right. We need to look at therefore and ask ourselves, what is it therefore? Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, thank you. Thank you, I, I expected that kind of applause and laughter. It's okay, I'm just get, getting closer to the age where I tell dad jokes, okay? But it's true, we got to ask ourselves, what is it there for? Because it's there for a reason, right? You don't start a conversation, therefore, do this. And then, why? <laughs> you know? And Jesus here gives us some extra reassurance. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 21. And as we read them, uh, you're going to slowly understand the title of today's message. So if you're taking down notes, the title of today's message is called Secrets to Not Worrying. So just in case the true reassurance is not enough, let me give you some secrets. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. I want you to underline, do it in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Let's read on. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But to you, when you pray, go to your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. Underline that. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Hmm, another time. So every time you read Bible, I mean any Bible passage, um, and you see certain words repeat itself, uh, here's a Bible study tip is that it's there, it's, that repeat is there for a reason. 
Uh, it is part of God's design pattern for His Word. You know, it's like, for example, if you, if you see an animal with just one stripe on the body, you might say, oh, that's, that's an interesting birthmark. Uh, but if you see the stripes continue again and again and again and again, you'd be like, oh, those stripes are there for a reason. Oh, that's a tiger. Oh, that's to help it to hunt, right? The stripes are there for a reason. The repeat pattern is there for a reason. So you see a repeat pattern here, secret. Your father who's in secret, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you openly for it. Whatever is done in secret, you will have an open public reward. Let's read on. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have, you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, third time in a row, and your Father who sees in secret, again, will reward you openly. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. Praise God. So a lot to unpack here. But I just wanted to bring us through all that reading. I know there's a lot of reading, but it's, it's good to read God's Word. Amen. And in reading it, we begin to see a certain repeat pattern. There's definitely a repeat pattern of secret, secret, secret. Whatever you do in secret, God sees. There's a repeat pattern of Father. You have a Father who sees. You have a Father who sees. You have a Father who's present. There's also a repeat pattern of reward. Reward, reward, reward. If you do this, that will be your reward. But if you do this in secret, this will be your reward. If you do this, this is your reward. But if you do this... So I want us today to be extra encouraged, to not worry because we have a Father, amen, who sees our every need and God is, is into rewarding His children. And so if you feel like, man, I, I really don't know if I have what it takes to face the, the issues of today, let alone tomorrow, don't worry. The Lord will give you backup. The Lord will give you provision. The Lord will bless you because He is the God who rewards. But He's also a God who sees in secret. And so today, the secret is what I want to focus on today. And so Jesus is saying that you are much more precious than birds, you are much more precious than the grass of the field, or uh, you have a father who loves you, don't worry. Stop worrying. Stop running after these things. Stop acting like you don't know God. You do know God, and He is good. But if that's not enough, have some of these habits. Cultivate some of these habits, and do them in secret, because these will guarantee you extra reward. These will guarantee you extra reassurance. This will guarantee you extra strength 
an extra confidence. Amen? And those who need extra confidence say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. So the first secret that we got to begin to uh, understand and, and embrace is the point of secret witness. You don't need to freak out because we have a secret witness. The secret witness, the one that sees, a witness is someone that sees, right? When you go to court, a witness simply goes there to say that that's what I saw, that's what I heard. It's just there to say, just there to repeat what they have seen. And so we have a secret witness and he is, he is our God, our Father in heaven who sees what is done in secret. And so friends, I want to encourage you, God sees all that is done in secret. God sees your generosity in secret. God sees your prayer in secret. God sees your, your giving in secret. God sees your tears, your secret tears. God sees your, your secret sacrifices. God sees the secret price you pay when you have to stand up for Him at the cost of losing it all. When you're going to stand up for your family, God sees all those moments, all those unglamorous moments that you don't tweet about, you don't Instagram about, God sees. And, 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 and based on what He sees, He will reward you openly for it. And so friends, if you want extra confidence, you got to begin to go like, you know what, I, 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 I want to live a life where, 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 where God is honoured, not just publicly in my life, but He's especially honoured not even privately, but especially in the secret. Because you know what's more private than private? A secret. Right? Because you can have a public life. Oh, this is my am. And then you have a private life that maybe your family and people know, right? And then we got like private, private mess, like, oh, I come from a broken family. There's a private mess that you don't want people to know. Oh, you know, I, I'm privately in debt, you know. But then there's an even more private, private, which is your secret. Your secret thoughts, your innermost being. And God is saying to us, let me in. Let me in. And honour me in those secret decisions. Honour me in those secret places. Honour me. Amen? Because He is, he is a God who sees that. But this point of secret witness is, is, is dual layer. Not only do we have a secret witness, but God is also saying, but if you, if you begin to witness for Him in the secret, He will also reward you openly for it. So not only do we have a father who sees what is done in secret, but God is encouraging us. Jesus is seeking first his kingdom, his righteousness, meaning that we are to advance God's kingdom and do so uh, in, a, in a way that is righteous in his eyes. And, and God doesn't just want his people to go about trumpeting their good deeds. Oh, look at, look at how many, and don't get me wrong, is it okay to do things publicly? Of course, right? Like for example, don't go like, oh, pastor, because of that, I will not be joining the Christmas community chair program because, you know, it's just, it's it's disgusting, disgusting, you know. I will give in secret. No, it's okay to give collectively. But God is saying to us, don't just give collectively. Let there also be giving. Let there also be witnessing. Let there also be testimony. Let there also be consistency in the secret. Amen? And, and, and some of us here, we need to do that. 
And God is saying that His kingdom, God's kingdom is not just about, you know, a bunch of us floating in heaven. No, no. God's kingdom is, is for the earth to be healed. God's kingdom is for earth to, to, to reflect heaven on earth as it is in heaven. That's God's kingdom. God's kingdom is where the broken are cared for. And, and do, does the church have a corporate responsibility to do our part? Yes. You know, does society do its part? Yes. You know, but we are also to do our individual parts. And Jesus is saying that do it in secret. Do it so quick that even your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing. You know, of course, when you read that, you go like, of course my left hand knows what the right hand is doing. You know, does Jesus not know science? No. What it means is do it so fast without, you know, because sometimes, let's be honest here, when you're walking on the street and the Lord tugs your heartstring to do something charitable, you wrestle with it. You wrestle with it. Some of us take a whole day to think about it. And by the time you're ready to do something, we turn around, the person's gone. And God is saying that do it to the point where it's so fast, your left hand doesn't know, oh, my right hand's already gone out. And do it so frequently. Train yourself to, 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 to love the Lord and, and train yourself to let His love overflow from your life into the private spheres, into the secret spheres, so often that you can't even keep count or keep track. You know, if, if you go around boasting, oh, Guys, you can't believe what I did last week. No, because last week, you know, I was just minding my own business and, and the Lord, hallelujah, the Lord prompted me. And I heard His voice. He says, my servant, help that person. And I go, yes, Lord, your will I will do. Man, that's phony. That's faking it. That, that's, that, that will have no reward. Whoever hears your story, that's your reward. You know, whoever likes that post, that's the reward. They will have no eternal reward. But if you want to go like, God, how will I know that, that you, will, you will be with me in my battles today, in my daily battles, in my daily anxieties? And God is saying that when you honor me all the time, you know, not only are you precious, you know, but here's some extra confidence. If you know that you've been honoring the Lord, then you have nothing to fear. Amen? So point number one is this, secret witness. God sees all. So let's, let's be mindful of that. Amen? God sees all, so let's make sure to honour Him in the secret. But let's also be honouring, amen, of His commandments, uh, uh, you know, it, without people pressuring us, you know. Let, let our Christian love, let the love of Christ not just be something we express through the church only, but in our individual lives. Amen? Second point is this, there needs to be secret surrender. A secret surrender. It's easy to come out to church and go like, Lord, I surrender all. And it might even be emotionally moving when you go for a camp or a conference and, and you come out for an altar call and, and tears come out and, and maybe those are genuine tears. And, and, but I want you to know that, that while public surrender, it can be powerful, secret surrender is even more powerful. Because secret surrender is, 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 is onto God. It is to please Him. And, and Jesus is telling us, you know, in your, in your giving, in your praying, in your fasting, those are all acts of surrender. Amen? How many know that, you know, surrender also means give up? How many know that to do something charitable, there's something you need to give up? Maybe, you know, that, that pair of shoes that you're eyeing for for Christmas had to be given up. The holiday you were saving for had to be given up so that somebody else can be helped. Amen? How many know that when you pray, and if you truly pray, you know, God will challenge you to give up things, right? When you publicly pray, you know, maybe it won't happen, 
right? Because how much can you give up when you say grace? That's a public form of prayer. Lord, thank you for this food we're about to eat. There's no giving up. <laughs> you know, but then when you pray in private, when you pray in secret, oh, there's so much giving up. And God is saying that when you give up, that's righteousness. When you give up, that's His kingdom being advanced. And, and of all the things that Jesus reminded us, sometimes we, 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 we love the Lord's Prayer and it's great to love it, but we forget that it's part of a longer teaching. And in that teaching, as a reminder to forgive. And sometimes, forgiveness is the hardest thing for us to give up. And God is saying, I know you've been hurt. I know you've been, you've been mistreated. I know you've got trauma. And, 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 and don't wait until healing comes before you are obedient. But learn to give up. And maybe it is in the giving up of that grudge that true healing begins. Maybe it's in the giving up of, I don't know, whatever that is. You know, it could be a relationship that doesn't honour God. And it could be, you know, giving up a job that is, that is you know, um, uh, too toxic, pays really well, but is draining you and robbing you of joy and robbing you of time to even, you know, spend time with God. And, and it's painful. How many know that that kind of surrender can only happen in the secret? Right? That kind of surrender. Right? You know, truly, truly, that kind of surrender. You know, I, I, I rarely, in fact, almost never hear people come up to me and go like, Pastor, after your message that day, I decided to break up with my abusive boyfriend. Never. Never. But you know, when people do share that with me, they go like, Pastor, you know, I was, I was praying at home and the Lord convicted me and the Lord met with me. I was reading scripture when nobody was looking, not at a public meeting, not even at homes. I was doing it just to draw near to God in the secret where I met the Father in secret and He told me that this is something I need to give up. I need to, you know, a lot, right? I, I have people come up and say that, wow, I, I, I was doing my quiet time that day and the Lord prompted me to, to, to sponsor someone for the getaway. You know, I, I never, almost never, in fact, will refuse to preach in a way that will make people go, oh, wow, pastor, after you're preaching, uh, here's, here's a thousand dollars, here's a thousand pounds. You know, and, and, and in fact, not to say that I will never preach like that. In fact, it will never happen, I guarantee you. You know, at least not, not from me. But it's only God. And God is saying that there are things that we need to give up. I want my people to be a generous people. I want my people to be a humble people. I want my people to be a loving people, to be a forgiving people. And these kind of heart surgery can only happen in the secret. The question is, are you going to God in the secret? And when you're in God, with God, in your room, between you and God, are you surrendering? Or are you just mouthing off your wish list? Because there's two types of prayer. And the type of prayer that Jesus taught us is a prayer of surrender. It's your name is great. Your will be done. It's a prayer of humility. Give us this day our daily bread. This is the type of prayer that Jesus taught everyone. Can you imagine a businessman, a CEO praying that? Wow, that's a sign of humility. Can you imagine if one day, I don't know, you know Elon Musk comes to know the Lord and then he gets out on his knees and he goes like, give me this day my daily bread. If, if he does that in the secret place, the Father wills reward him publicly for it. But not just him, but all of us, friends. Do you understand? You know, God's idea of prayer is a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of humility. It's a prayer of submission. 
Amen. And so God is reminding us, come on, learn to surrender, learn to submit, learn to be obedient in the secret place. Point number three is this, the third secret. Secret intimacy. Do you just love God or do you desire to grow in love and fall in love with Him more and more and more and more? Friends, if you, if you think that just by coming to church, you will grow more in love with God, I'm not saying that you won't, but I'm saying that if you grow that intimacy in secret, you will fall in love with God faster. Faster. And Jesus here is telling us, why, why of all examples Jesus used fasting? Fasting, when you fast. And, and how many know that as Christians, we have to cultivate a lifestyle of fasting? What we do corporately before Easter, those, just in case those of you who joined our church recently, every year, 21 days before Easter, we corporately as a church, we, we do this thing called U-turn, 21 days of prayer and fast. But how many know that God doesn't just want us to have a U-turn once a year? God wants us to have a lifestyle of fasting. Some of us, we don't even realize this. What? Yeah. Yeah, God wants fasting to be a constant thing. And you know why fasting? Because fasting is an act of intimacy. Fasting is not giving up the bad. Even though we treat fasting like that sometimes. Oh, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to fast. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fasting is not just a Christian way of saying detox or diet. No, 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 no. Fasting is not doing away with the calories, you know. Doing away with the bad, the Bible has a word for it. It's called repent. When you turn away from that which harms you, that's called repenting. And so maybe for some of us, we need to repent from the way we eat. Repent from the way we drink. Repent. Amen. <laughs> but that's another message for another day. And today, we're talking about fasting. And fasting is abstaining from the good. Is food good for you? Yeah. But why do you fast it? Do you not need water? Yeah. Why do you fast? Do you not need coffee? Why do you fast? Do you not need, uh, I don't know what else people fast nowadays, meat? Do you not know, know is, is God a vegan? No, He's not, but let's not get into that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not, God knows that we need that meat. God knows that we need that calorie. God knows that we need that, you know, whatever it is. But it's the doing away, it's the temporary abstaining of the good so that we connect with the great. And God is the great. He's the great I am. And sometimes we don't realize the good thing in our lives is right now we are obsessing over it like it's an idol. And that's stopping us from the great that God has in store. The more that God has in store. How many of us here would say that, yeah, pastor, that's me. I am sick and tired of being worried. I am sick and tired of tomorrow holding my today hostage. How many have been there before where you go like, I'm so worried about the future. I'm so worried about my future plans that, that my, the plans I have today get so messed up. Some of us here, we have such a bad case of Monday blues that, that even today in the afternoon, you will get so, I don't know, sad because you're worried about tomorrow. And how many of you will say that enough is enough? I don't want to live like that anymore. Good news. God doesn't want you to live like that as well. And one of the keys to us breaking through is to grow in your private and secret intimacy with God. And God is saying that fast. Fast in a way that, that people don't even know that you're fasting. Fast unto God. 
wow, you know, we, we, we love those, when we fast, we ask each other, oh, what are you fasting, what are you fasting, what are you fasting? You know, maybe friends can encourage you next time when you share, have a secret thing in your pocket that you're fasting, right? You know, have an extra thing that, that is just between you and God because you're doing it to grow closer to Him. Fasting is not twisting the arm of God. Fasting is twisting your own soul to fit into God's plan. Amen? And so we need to do that. We need to, we need to come back and begin to redeem the secret. I know it's a pun to say that, huh, the secrets to, to not worrying, but, but it's also not a pun. It's, it, there, there is power in the secret. What we do in secret either pulls us back into darkness or draws us closer to God. All of the things that we don't want to talk about, our anxieties, our addictions, our depressions, those are all things that we try to deal with in the secret. Those are things that, that are in the secret that we want to pack it away, that we don't want to tell people about it. And God is saying that, yeah, there is power. There is power. That thing that you hold in secret, there's a power over you. Right? If you have a terrible secret, you're constantly living in fear of that secret coming out. And God is saying that, stop living in fear. Stop giving fear dominion over your secret place. Because if you have fear over your secret place, you have lust over your secret place, if you have addiction over your secret place, if you have, I don't know, whatever it is, you have disobedience over your secret place, you're always living like a phony. You're always living a, a knowing, reminded, even though secret, we tend to think that it's small. Friends, no matter how many, the thing that people like to do, go to a bridge and find a lock and, and lock something on, on the bridge, that will not redeem your secret place. Only God can. Friends, stop letting the enemy, stop letting the devil, stop letting your flesh have dominion, have control over your secret place. It belongs to the Father. And so will you grow in your intimacy with Him in the secret? Would you, would you embrace now They say that, you know, the secret is not just your domain, it is God's domain because He is that secret witness. And that's the first step, realizing that it does not belong to you. You think it belongs to you, but God sees everything and reward, will reward you accordingly. So why not honour God? And then work on your surrender. We are all working on it. As I'm preaching this, I'm working on it. And I want to I, I I honor God more. The Bible says to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. God's way is always upside down from the world's way. You know, in case you haven't known, God says that, you know, to, to, to gain life, you got to give up your life. That, that's, you know, and for the world, the world is like, what? Excuse me? Come again? To gain life, to have your best life, you need to give up your life to who? To God? What? You know, the world tells you, you know, to get the most out of your life, you've got to take control of your life. But then, the, way, the ways of God, the ways of Jesus is this, to, give, to, to gain control, you've got to give up control. It's always upside down. And so here we are, fretting about what's going to happen in the future, and God's saying, don't worry about the future. Focus on the secret. What? The secret? You know, my, my public, my, my name, my reputation, and God is saying, don't worry about your name, your reputation. It's okay, you're much more precious. You're, the, the, the God we serve will not let you down. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. 
but you need to focus. If you want true freedom in the public sphere, you got to have freedom in the private and secret sphere. Amen? So I hope that this will stop us because I know that, you know, we're living in a world today where, you know, all it takes is one uh, directive from the government and things change. You know, all it needs is for, for you know, I don't know, a, a, a country to fall into a red zone and all your travel plans change. And we can't live in fear of tomorrow. We need to come back to God and trust Him. Amen? That He will give us the joy we need, the courage we need, the confidence we need, the provision we need. God knows your needs. Some of you here, you're worried you're graduating next year maybe. You're worried about the job market. God says, don't worry. Focus on the now. And honour me in the secret. And, and, and your wildest dreams, you haven't even seen them and I will make them come true. Some of you here, you're, you're worried. You know, I don't know. Whatever it is that you are wrestling with, I want you to know that you don't need to do it alone. That you know, the other design pattern we constantly see in, from the scripture we read is that there is a father, we have a father, we have a father, we have a father, we have a father. Friends, I'm here to tell you, we have a father. We are not orphans. You are not alone. We have a father. You can come from a broken family, but we have a father. Maybe your biological father has passed away. You have a father. Maybe you, you heard that you were adopted. No, you have a father. Maybe somebody told you that they don't love you. They mean you felt like you've been disowned by your family. No, you have a father who wants you to live victoriously. Not in fear of the uncertainty of tomorrow, but live confident today. And wants to set you free from the darkest secrets that are trying to destroy your life. He wants to set you free. Would you let him? Would you let him? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are so good, Lord. Lord, we are not here today because we are good. No, we are here today. We are gathered in this place. The people who serve today, who bake today, who stood out in the cold to welcome people today, all of us, Lord, who even gave up time to come and worship today, even our friends joining us online today, God, we're, we're all here not because we are good. No, because you are good and because you are so good to us that we cannot help but worship you. We are so good to us that we cannot help but love you. We cannot help but love others because you're so good to us. And God, I just want to speak courage and strength into the souls and into the bones of everyone hearing my voice right now. Lord, that we do not need to cower in fear and that we have a Father who loves us and sees us as so precious in His eyes. And on top of that, if that alone is not enough to set you free, He assures us that He's a God who sees our secret pain and will bring about healing. He sees our secret shame, but doesn't condemn us. Wants us to be set free from that secret shame. He sees our secret needs, 
And he says that if you fix your eyes on me, I will meet and overmeet all your needs according to his riches in glory. The question is, will we let him in? Will we begin to let him into the most private of private parts of our lives? The secret parts. And say, God, I'm in all the way. From my innermost being to my outer, I'm all in. Soak me. Like a, this morning, I come before you, Lord, like a sponge. Squeeze me and soak me. I'm all in. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.